0: everyone. This is Callie and Joan from Q&Ape, a a podcast by President Lincoln's Cottage. As we work on answering the questions for the show, we run into all kinds of things that might not quite fit within the main episode, but we didn't think that should keep you all from hearing them. This bonus episode accompanies episode 2.1, Who Did Lincoln Trust the Most? So if you've not yet listened to that episode, that might be a good place to start. As we were talking to Sidney Blumenthal about Lincoln's early life, he had another gem of a story about Lincoln's first encounter with what would become the Republican Party.
1: Someone who trusted in him, learned to trust in him, was the radical abolitionist Owen Lovejoy. In 1854, when Lincoln uh, reemerges in politics after his wilderness years, he comes forward against the uh, Kansas-Nebraska Act, sponsored by his perennial rival, Stephen A. Douglas. Kansas-Nebraska Act potentially opens up the territories to the expansion of slavery. Lincoln delivers a speech in the Hall of Representatives of the Illinois Legislature in the state capitol. He had worked out um, his political, constitutional, and historical reasons for opposing the extension of slavery. After that speech, he was approached by a small gaggle. Of radical abolitionists who called themselves the Republican Party. And Lincoln spurned them. They were radicals. They were isolated. The Whig Party was disintegrated. Uh, Lincoln still clung to it. Democratic Party under Stephen A. Douglas was still the reigning party in Illinois. But Lincoln was not ready to be a Republican. And the person who was a leader of that little group of people was Owen Lovejoy. He was the brother of the martyred anti-slavery editor Elijah P. Lovejoy, the first martyr of the abolitionist movement, murdered by a mob in Alton, Illinois. Uh, Lincoln had delivered a speech, his first formal speech at the Springfield Lyceum, in which he he denounced the killing of anti-slavery editors and the destruction of free press. But he was not ready, and Lovejoy keeps on. Lovejoy had trust in Lincoln. So now it's two years later. And a group of anti-slavery editors come to Lincoln and say, will you join us in the coordinating committee for the new Republican Party? And Lincoln says yes. After that party's organized, Lovejoy runs for the Congress in northern Illinois, and he defeats a member of Lincoln's inner circle. The most powerful person in their group, Judge David Davis, is outraged, wants to destroy Lovejoy. But Lincoln says, you know, I'm a little angry myself, but, you know, we have to keep this party together now. And from there grows a great friendship. He campaigns that year in front of large crowds in Northern Illinois with Lovejoy. And when Lincoln, uh, as president, is often criticized by Northeastern abolitionists, Lovejoy always rises to defend him and says he is as radical as any abolitionist, but he is taking his time. Lovejoy, he he never wavers in his trust in Lincoln to the end so that's a very important
2: friendship.
0: We also got some great recommendations from Sandy Goldberg about which novels and shows he thinks best explore the nature of trust
2: since I love her as a writer and I've recently finished another of her books I can't help but mention the, the novelist Marilyn Robinson she she is absolutely marvelous. The two books that come quickest to mind are, are her her novel Gilead and her novel Home. The one that I, that occurs to me with respect to trust is is Home. Home is the story of a family whose who, one of whose sons is the so-called prodigal son who um, who left under difficult circumstances, uh, stayed away for for two decades, and returns after two decades at the point at which his father his father is is nearing the end of his life. And it's really a case study in how to try to recover after one has shown oneself untrustworthy. And she, because she's such a talented novelist, she is spectacular in describing the effects that it has not only on on Jack, on the son, but on Jack's sister, on Jack's father, and on Jack's community. It's really, it is a lovely, lovely case study in in how to recover from, from this sort of situation. The other thing that I was going to mention is not a novel. The series was Rectify. I don't know if either of the two of you saw Rectify. But again, it's a very, very beautiful series about a man who is returning from—he was in uh, maximum security prison, actually on death row for, for rape and murder. And it turns out—this isn't really a spoiler because it, it, it's, it, the show isn't like that it turns out he was wrongly convicted. But he spent 20 years on death row. He returns to his small town in Georgia— and basically, the, the, the four or five seasons of Rectify all address both how he comes to trust himself and how others come to trust him, and how sometimes they fall short. Uh, and sometimes the individuals in, in the story are, are so broken that they can't trust one another, despite the fact that they're in, in circumstances in which trust might be appropriate. It's really a beautiful case study in, in what happens when one one loses, I would call it, self-trust and how that affects one's relationship with others.
0: Let us know if you take Sandy up on his recommendations. We'll see you in a week with our next full episode. This episode was produced by me, Joan Cummins, and Callie Hawkins. Music for Q&A was written, performed, and is copyrighted by Clancy Newman. Q&A was possible thanks to generous supporters of President Lincoln's Cottage. To find out how you can support this podcast and other programming, visit www.lincolncottage.org. You can also write to us at podcast at lincolncottage.org. President Lincoln's Cottage is a home for brave ideas. Stay curious.